Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. name of the message tonight is will worship will worship and this is actually we're beyond the last verse of Colossians chapter 2 so Lord willing next week we'll be in Colossians chapter 3 we start a whole new chapter so we're halfway through the book after tonight and it has been a great blessing to study and to be able to preach through this book um, I know we're just scratching the surface but it's been a great blessing. We'll worship. Let's read the context of the verse, Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, and we'll read to the end of the chapter, verse 23. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in voluntary humility, in worship of angels, intruding into those things which he had not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshy mind, and not holding the head, from which all the body by joints and bands have in nourishment ministered, and knit together, increases with the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will-worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. So last week, we looked at verses 20 to 21, where we considered that if we are dead with Christ, and the believer is dead with Christ, we've been crucified with Christ, then we're not subject to the ordinances that the false teachers were here trying to yoke the Colossian believers under. We are free from the law, beloved. We're free from the law. And, and we're free from the law by the death of Christ with His substitutionary atonement before God. And remember that His sacrifice was before God and to God. He offered Himself for us to God to satisfy His justice, to satisfy His law. And He did it upon Calvary's cross, and He did it in the place of you and me who believe. Christ Himself, God incarnate in the flesh, hung on Calvary's tree for my sins. And if you're a believer, for your sins. My. He left the glories of heaven to do this. He, he, he willingly did that. And we also looked at how a dead man does not taste, right? Look, it says, taste or touch not, taste not, handle not. A dead man does not taste. He has no ability to taste things, does he? No ability. A dead man does not touch things. He, he has no ability to touch things. A dead man does not handle things. He has no ability to handle things. Again, we are dead in Christ, beloved. And we are... We are not beholden to the rudiments of the world or to the ordinances of the Mosaic Law which the Judaizers were trying to yoke the Colossian believers with. The Gnostics, they were Gnostics, they were, they were mixed between Judaizers and, and Gnostics and they had angel worship in there too. There was quite the mess going on. But they were, just, they were trying to steal the liberty of the Colossian believers. And what liberty we have in Christ, beloved. What liberty we have. My. And also the false teachers had imposed certain things which you could not do, and we can see that in the text. Before our text tonight, you could not eat certain things, you could not drink certain things, you could not handle certain things, and they were always based upon the false teachers' warped standards. Always. And that's how you can tell things too, beloved. You... You can tell if a man's telling you to do something that's not in Scripture. If a man's telling you other to do something other than look to Christ, there's something wrong. Right? Now we know as as uh, Bible believing Christians that there's certain things we just don't do. We know that. But but these false teachers they're trying to yoke people under under their laws, 
and under their rules. My, oh my. And they always impose these as a means for you to either obtain a, a, a deeper relationship with God or sometimes they outright say you must do this to be saved. And they will write off, literally write off large portions of people because they don't follow their rules and regulations. My, oh my. I'm thankful that Christ paid everything for me. I don't, I'm not under the doctrines of man or the commandments of man. And gospel preachers, in opposition to what the false teachers, the false teachers will point you to yourself. And gospel preachers will point you to Christ. Look to Him. Look to Him. Look to, look to the work that He has D-O-N-E. Done. Not what you have to do. <laughs> look to the one who's done it. And there is, the, there is a major difference right there. There is a major difference. So tonight we'll be looking at verse 23. And we'll see how it ties in with the verses in context that we read too. He's talking about the things that touch not, taste not, handle not, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship. Will worship and humility and the neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Again, as we tie this into context, we see quickly that these religious rules, ceremonies, and fleshy practices give the outward appearance. The outward appearance of, of great devotion, of great humility. But we'll find out tonight it's a sham. It's just a sham. Look again in our context. Look at 20. We'll read from 20 to 23. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with, with the using. After the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show, a show of wisdom. Oh, they have a show of wisdom. Oh, yeah. And we'll see, we'll see later on that it's carnal men that are attracted to that. That kind of wisdom. In, in will worship, in humility, in neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Love, these, these false teachers are sham. They're a sham. They're fake. And in this great show of, of will worship, this great show of humility, this great show of neglecting the body. Oh, we don't do those things. And we don't hang out with people who do those things. <laughs> and you can put whatever you want in there. My goodness. It's all a sham. Worthless. It's worthless. It's absolutely worthless. And their, their, their followers, they appear pious and humble, <laughs> just like the teachers. Oh my. And they promote self-imposed laws and self-imposed disciplines. And some of them even punish the body as we see in our text here, the neglecting of the body. But beloved, there is absolutely no value spiritually in any of those things. None. And he, look at, look at, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. <laughs> There's no value in, in the checking of the flesh either in these things. None. Or the sanctifying of the heart. Because our works can't sanctify our heart, can it? Holy Spirit, we must be born again. <laughs> we must be born again. And so, turn if you would to Matthew chapter 23. Our Lord, our, our Master, our King, revealed false teachers just like these in Colossians False teachers just like these, he revealed them for what they are in the Gospel of Matthew when he was talking to the Pharisees. Now, we know, we know the Pharisees had all kinds of man-made laws, right? Because last week, remember, we looked at the doctrines of men and we saw in the, in the text that the Lord even called what the Pharisees believed the doctrines and traditions of men. And so let's, in light of that, look at Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 23. And in light of this, Verse we're looking at th tonight. Which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and the neglecting of the body 
not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Look at Matthew 23, verses 24 to 28. Oh, he reveals the Lord just unveil, just just strips them, strips this false humility. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye make clean the outside of the cup of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup in the platter, and outside of them may, may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward. Oh, they appear beautiful outward. But are, but are within full of dead man's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men. Now keep that in mind. But within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Look at our verse tonight. And, and think of what we just read and how the, mas- the Master just unmasked them for who they are. Look at Colossians 2.23. Which things have indeed a show of wisdom. Our Lord said to them in Matthew 23, Even so ye also appear outwardly appear righteous. Oh, it's a big show unto men. So, in these false teachers in Colossians, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglect of the body, not in any honor to the sanctifying of the flesh. Beloved, the enemy just keeps the same thing. He wraps it in a different package, like I keep saying. He really does. It's the same sham. It's the same lie. Salvation's in, in, in their cry is salvation's in, in Christ, but plus something you do. No, the Bible's cry and the, and the gospel preacher's cry is salvation's in the Lord plus nothing. It's all in Him or there's no salvation at all. None. None at all. Oh my. So we see in tonight's verse that that which the false teachers were promoting has no spiritual value. Just the same as the Pharisees that we just looked at in Matthew. Had no spiritual value in what they were promoting. The Pharisees, with all their works and traditions and commandments of men, everything that they did that way had gained them absolutely no merit with God. It had no spiritual value. It was useless. Now it sure puffed them up. It sure made them feel like they were something. Well, to their eternal doom and to the eternal doom of those following them too. Oh my. Oh my. So here we see before us in our text which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship. Here we see will will worship set before us, which is something that man does to earn favor with God. Something that man does to earn favor with God, either work your hands or of your minds, but in God's eyes, it's absolutely worthless. Worthless. Brother Henry Mahan made a comment one time, and I, he's talking about this decisional regeneration, just bow your head and repeat a prayer. I remember listening to this, and man, it just stopped me when I was, when I was on the job site. He said, we will never know the damage this side of eternity that that has done. People who think they're going to heaven because they bowed their head and repeated a prayer. And they find themselves in hell. My goodness. We're make our election and call and sure. <laughs> Who am I trusting? I'm trusting Christ and no one else. Not anything I ever said back there. <laughs> no, I'm trusting Christ right now. Right? Right now. Oh my. My, oh my. The only thing that God will accept is the sacrifice of Christ. Perfect salvation for our souls. It's the only thing God will accept. He will accept nothing else. Nothing else. But by using worldly logic or human reasoning, false preachers deceive people into thinking that they have to do something to earn their salvation. They deceive people. And the doctrine of man's so-called free will is one of the greatest deceptions. 
One of the greatest deceptions which appeals, it appeals, beloved, to the natural mind. It appeals to the carnal man. Because it's something you have to do to be saved. And see, what we preach is salvation in Christ alone plus nothing. And it's an offense to man's pride. <laughs> it, it just destroys man's pride. It, it shows us our, our utter inability to save ourselves. Oh my, but all to we who have been showing that, it's wondrous, isn't it? It's absolutely wondrous, wondrous. So the doctrine of man's so-called free will is one of the greatest deceptions. Is again, it puts salvation in the hands of man. And all these false teachers are promoting, touch not, taste not, handle not, which scripture declares are all to perish with the using. They're perished with the using. And it's all after the commandments and doctrines of men. And they have indeed, they have a show of will wisdom, or, or, or wisdom in, in will worship and humility and neglect in the body, but, but, but it's all a show. It's all a show. It glorifies, it glorifies that which man does and not what Christ has done. It robs God of His glory. And they are not holding the head. As Scripture declares, just a few, few verses above, they're not holding the head. They're not holding the one who is the giver of life. They're the blind leading the blind, as we saw in Matthew. And they impose the commandments and doctrine of men, doctrines of men upon their, their followers, and their followers have no freedom. They have no freedom. They are so yoked in bondage. I came out of that. I went from Catholicism to Landmark Baptism, Baptist, and it was just from one, one, one bondage to another. Praise God, He delivered me from that. Praise God, He saved me from that. Oh my. Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. And remember that these false teachers in our text were trying to draw the Colossians away from Christ alone to the worship of angels as mediators or the following of a certain lifestyle like, like monks do and stuff like that. Things you can't do and things you can do. And, and there's always a list and commandments of men. And they deny themselves certain things all to gain supposed merit and favor with God. But that which turns out, to, that, but but it, in the end, it turns out to be their eternal doom. Their eternal doom is why? Why we may say because they're steeped in their own self righteousness. That's really what it is. And we know what happens when a person stands before a holy God in their own self righteousness. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. My. Chilling words. Chilling words. So these false teachers impose the commandments and doctrines of men which, which have in their own minds wisdom and it's, 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 their, it's, it's will worship but in reality, reality they're absolutely devoid of the truth. They're devoid of the truth because that which they preach has absolutely no spiritual value in it at all. It can't save them. And it can't save their followers. But it will doom them. It will doom them. And these false teachers, these carnal men, have a show of wisdom because, think of this, they have a show of wisdom to their followers. You know why? Because carnal men because carnal things are suited to carnal men. Carnal things are suited to carnal men. And carnal men will follow those men. And it's pure will worship. It's pure self-righteousness. And beloved, the natural man just eats it up. I know, because I was there. Just eats it up. And it's absolutely worthless. It's like Paul said, it's just dung. 
All that stuff. Look at Romans chapter 8, verses 5 to 11. Look at this. Paul penning this to the Roman, the, the brethren at Rome, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Touch not, taste not, handle not, right? But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So what peace we have. We have a peace that passes all understanding, don't we? We have eternal life in Christ. Look at this. Because the carnal mind, so the, the natural man, the natural man, that, that, that state which we're born into, beloved, is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. All these things these people are doing cannot please God. What is that which God is pleased with? The sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ in behalf of His people. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Look at that. He is none of his. And false teachers, they don't have the Spirit of God. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. And remember, right before this, this Paul had written, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You see, these folks who walk after the flesh are carnally minded. These folks that, that, that think that they can gain merit and salvation with God are doing this to their utter doom. They can't please God by their works. There's only one work that God's pleased with and that's the sacrifice of Christ. So Paul in our text, now let's go back to our text. Paul in our text reckons this show of wisdom this will worship, which is, a, which is basically self-made religion, he, he reckons it to be wholly worthless. It's worthless. And we saw that in Romans, didn't we? It's worthless. It has no eternal value. It, has, it, it can't appease the wrath of God. Because think of this. This is sinners doing this. But the one who redeemed our soul, beloved, he's the sinless sacrifice. He's the perfect spotless Lamb of God. So these false teachers, they have a zeal without knowledge. Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 10. These false teachers, they have a zeal without knowledge. They're, they're going about trying to establish their own righteousness. That's what they're doing. And this, as I said, this is nothing new under the sun. This is nothing new under the sun. Paul dealt with this. In Colossians, we're going to see him deal with this in Romans, and we still deal with this today. <laughs> see, there's nothing new. That's why when we know the truth and we study the truth, that will keep us from error. That's what's most important for us to study, study the real, to know the counterfeit. Study the real, to know the counterfeit. And Paul deals with this in Romans chapter 10. Look at verses 1 to 4. And as I said, we're still dealing with this. It's just a different generation. Look at this, Romans chapter 10, verses 1 to 4. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record. They have a, a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They don't know Him. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, are what? Are going about to establish their own righteousness. This is exactly what the false teachers are doing. And this is exactly what their followers are doing. Trying to establish their own self-righteousness. And if they die in their sins, it'll be to their eternal doom. 
How shall we neglect? Remember? Or how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? We saw that verse on Sunday. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Oh, look at this for the believer. Oh, my goodness, look at this. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Oh, there's a place I can rest. Right there. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. He's my righteousness. <laughs> and if you believe, He's yours. And, and I stand before you, though we can't see. I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And you, believe, you who believe are too. We can't see it, can we? <laughs> but oh my. Oh my. It's incredible. It's incredible. Now in false religion, there's a show of, of worldly wisdom. And it's, again, we've seen in our text, right? Or we've seen in, in Romans, when we looked in chapter 8, it appeals to the carnal mind, doesn't it? That show of wisdom, that show of zeal without knowledge. It appeals to the, to the natural man. And, and, and the, their followers are bewitched by these, by these false preachers. And let us remember that that which seems full of wisdom to the carnal mind, that, that which seems to be pleasing to the flesh, is enmity with God. Is enmity with God. And nothing is more pleasing to the carnal mind. Nothing is more pleasing to the natural man than that something they do will gain them salvation. Something they do will give them righteousness. Give them, and, and they don't talk about righteousness. They say it this way. They say, well, I, I'm a good person. Why would God send me to hell? I didn't murder anyone. No, you're just born a sinner like me. But you don't believe it. You don't believe it. Eh? We know what we are, don't we? <laughs> Praise be to God, we have a mighty Savior. Oh my, oh my, what a Savior. So for the flesh, the flesh, the carnal man, they, they love, the, they, the flesh yearns for that kind of stuff. It yearns to do, to, to, to they, they, they don't think they're sinners. They, they think that they can do something. In, in religion, the, the danger in religion where you see these false teachers and all this is that they believe that they actually can obtain their own holiness too and they, they can obtain their own righteousness which is just so deadly. It's so deadly. And this is nothing but will worship. Nothing, and, and will worship is, is really nothing but self-righteousness which looks to what you do as opposed to what Christ has done. They don't believe what God has said. And they make God a liar. We see that in John. Turn with me. I was, I was looking at this. Listen to Brother Donnie preach on this the other day. This is just... Look. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. And if we if we say we haven't sinned, we make God a liar. Look at these three if we says. If we say three times. Look at we're starting verse uh, verse six. First John chapter one verse six. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So so here's the difference between someone who professes Christ and someone who possesses Christ. See, he's showing the contrast. If we say, if we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we do not the truth. Look at verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of, of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Look at verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, what? We deceive ourselves. There's a whole bunch of people that are deceiving themselves. Because they don't think they're sinners. Just ask them. <laughs> they're, they're letting you know. Oh boy. 
they get offended when you call them a sinner. But that's what we are, isn't it? Yeah. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And what? The truth is not in us. So by, by us, have you ever thought of this? You're, you who are saved and redeemed, we know we're sinners. We admit we're sinners. So according to the scripture, <laughs> the truth's in us. Hey, Because we know what we are. We know what we are. And then look at this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then look at verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him what? A liar. My. And his word is not in us. My goodness. My goodness. Will worship is simply simply self-made religion. And I'll tell you, I remember hearing preachers telling everyone else they're sinners but not themselves. I remember hearing that. Grace preaching is the only place you hear a preacher tell you he's a sinner in desperate need of Christ. Oh, we need, I, I need Christ desperately. More now than I ever have. More now than I ever have. Because as you grow in grace and the knowledge and truth of, of the Savior and who He is and, and as God reveals Himself more and more to you, is it not so with you too? Has it been with me that I realize more and more what I am? More and more. And it makes Christ sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. What a Redeemer. What a Savior. Oh my. So, Let's look, look, at, look at these three terms that, that, that point to the show of wisdom in our text, right? Which things have indeed a show of wisdom? In will worship, there's number one. And, and one of the commentators said they're painting, the, the false teachers are like painting a picture and they use three different colors. Look at this, will worship and humility and neglecting of the body. So will worship we've looked at is, is, is self-made religion. Humility is a false humility, a self-humility. And then the neglecting of the body is, is a self-abasement to gain merit and favor with God. Again, let's look at verse 23. Which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship, in humility, in neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Again, we've already looked at the show of wisdom, in, in, which is will worship. And now let us consider the humility mentioned here in this text. All these false teachers, they come with such humility. It's a sham. It's fake. It's fake. It's self-humility. And religious people who claim to be followers of Christ will often put a mask of hypocrisy on by trying to portray a humble spirit. Yeah, I've told you guys the story about Vicky making me that picture called Meekness. And how I was so full of pride. It did. And if, and if a person tells you they're humble, they're so full of pride, it's not funny. Now, I see the humility in you guys, but, you're, it, it, but I won't see it in myself because I know what I am. And you won't see it in yourself just as, the, it, just as you're growing in grace. You won't see it in yourself. I won't see my own growth, but you all might see it. And, and I'll see your growth. But we never see it within ourselves because we know what we are. <laughs> oh my. This is a false humility spoken of here. This is a self-humility. And, and, and they're, the, 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 those spoken of here are, are filled with will worship and they put a cloak of self-abasement on, a cloak of false humility, and, and, and they do not know Christ. They do not know His Gospel. They do not follow His commandments. They follow the, the commandments and doctrines of men. They do not follow the ways of Christ. And they yoke people under things that they can't even do themselves. Oh my. So false teachers have a fake humility. They're full of pride. And this will worship spoken of in our text is nothing but the invention of men. 
nothing but the invention of man. And we looked at earlier that the natural man has an enmity, an enmity for Christ, an enmity for his gospel, an enmity against his people. But we who are redeemed, we who are born again by the Holy Spirit, we have a new nature, don't we? We have a new nature. We have a, we have a spiritual understanding of Scripture that we never had before. The, the Lord speaks to us through His Word. Doesn't he? It's amazing. It's not an audible voice, but, but he, he'll, just, he'll just light a Scripture up before us just when we need it. Just when we need it. And we get such great comfort from it. Or we hear the preach of the gospel and it will be balm to our souls. Oh. And, and, and I'll tell you what. Those who are born again, God gives us a humble spirit. When we consider that if God had not made us willing, if the Holy Spirit had not regenerated us, we would have stayed right where we were. That'll bring you low. That'll bring you real low. Trust me. Does. Oh my. I'm planning on going and visit my family. Every time I see them, I'm reminded that if God had not have saved me, if He had not have drawn me, if He had not have intervened in my life, I'd be just like them still. And I wouldn't even have a clue. I'd have groped around in the darkness still. But oh my, what a great God we have. The Holy Spirit regenerates us and we're made willing and we, in the day of His power and we flee to Christ, beloved. So let us remember, if it wasn't for God's sovereignty, if it wasn't for His mercy bestowed upon us through the merits of the Lord Jesus Christ in direct opposition to the false teachers, what they're teaching, if it wasn't for God's sovereign mercy bestowed upon us through the merits of Jesus Christ, we would be right where we were and we would be right in the camp of unbelievers. That'll bring you low. Never forget the rock you were hewn from and by the grace of God, I am what I am. And I feel, beloved, I feel like I know so little about our great King. But what he teaches me as I study, I have a desire to proclaim every time I step into that pulpit. Oh my. And I always remember. And I always ask God to go before me before I go in the pulpit, before I preach. And I always remember, Wayne, you're just one beggar telling other beggars where to find bread. Never forget the rock you were hewn from. Never Never. And to God be the glory. I have obtained mercy. And if you're a believer, to God be the glory. You've obtained mercy. Undeserved. Unmerited. Favor with God. In and through the Lord Jesus Christ. So let us remember that, that any religion which is unwilling to accept Jesus Christ is the only and all-sufficient Savior, is an indulgence of the flesh, a giving in to man's conceit, and it is will-worship as they make their own works the means of salvation, which is self-righteousness, boiled down to self-righteousness. And, it, and, and thus they, they render the work of Christ absolutely worthless. Oh my. But we know it's of great worth. We who are redeemed. We who are redeemed. Salvation is in Christ and Him alone. Uh, and, and either one is saved by grace in Christ or they're lost. That's it. So let's look at the latter part of our text here. It says, in neglecting, in neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. So here's the third paint stroke right here the neglecting of the body. We saw the will worship and humility. And here, this is self-abasement. This is self-abasement. Calvin calls this the mortification of the flesh, which he says is, is just a disguise. And here Paul, here Paul, he exposes it for what it is. He exposes what the false teachers are teaching for what it is. Our Master again spoke against this. 
Turn, if you would, to Luke 16, verse 15. Our Master spoke against this. For, for that which is in high esteem among men is an abomination in the sight of God. In Luke chapter 16, our Lord had just given a discourse about the, the parable of the unjust steward. And the Pharisees were offended. And they heard all these things. And they were covetous. And they derided Him. And He answers in this way, which applies to the false teachers at Colossus, and it also applies to the false teachers of today. Look at Luke 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves. Luke 16, 15. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men. How? By their traditions and by their doctrines of men. But God knoweth your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. And our text in verse 23 of Colossians reminds me of the monks of various sects who through acts of imposing self-inflicted pain to try to make amends for some, some sinful act that they did or they try to keep their body in subjection, which we know from Scripture is the neglecting of the body. It does not honor God. It does not honor God. And, and it doesn't help us it doesn't help in the satisfying of the flesh. And remember, we're not to do that. Our, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. My. My. There's no satisfying of the flesh if we starve ourselves or if we inflict pain upon ourselves. There's no merit gained with God doing things like that. But yet, natural man just chomps at the bit to do that kind of stuff. My goodness. And they're all man-made inventions. You remember about the idol factory of our minds that Calvin talked about? And, and these are, these are <clears throat> manufactured in the mind of men and imposed on other men. And they bring actual, absolutely no merit to the person who's doing them. Look again, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. The false teachers seem to believe that there is value in what they do, but Paul here, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, shows the utter worthlessness of will worship, the utter worthlessness of false humility, and the utter worthlessness of the false teachers teaching the neglecting of the body to, to, to honor to the satisfying of the flesh. He shows us right tonight, he's showing us the utter worthlessness in this. Our salvation is not based upon our works, but the work of Christ who purchased us with His own precious blood. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says this, For ye are bought with a price. You're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are of God's. That goes contrary, right, to what these false teachers were teaching. But we're bought with a price. We're redeemed by the blood of Christ, which has infinite value, more than silver or gold or anything of this world. And, and Christ, who, was, who has redeemed us, He's done it by His own precious blood. By His own precious blood. And now, He sat down at the right hand of the Father. And God is satisfied with that sacrifice. My goodness! And He's given Him, He's so satisfied, He's given Him a name, a name above all names. <laughs> And his name, is it not precious to you? Turn, if you would, to 1 Peter. Is it not precious to you? His name, his name is precious to God, too. And, and his blood is precious to his people. His righteousness is precious to his people. His truths are precious to his people. The Lord, the Lord is precious to his people. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 8. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 8. To whom coming is unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but look at this, but chosen of God and precious. He's precious to God. Christ is precious to God. Ye also as lively stones are built up in a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect, precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, 
Now, now we saw he's precious to God. Now look at this. Unto you therefore, verse 7, 1 Peter 2, 7, Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. Oh, he's so precious to us, isn't he? But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. See, you preach salvation in Christ alone, it's an offense to people. But to God's people, oh, it's so precious. And when the shepherd calls the lost sheep, he's precious. <laughs> he's precious. Oh, my. Being dis- it says, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they were, they were appointed. My goodness. So tonight, we've looked at our, in our verse that where Paul has penned before us, through in, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, in our text that these observances which the false teachers practice and which they impose upon their followers is an appeal to carnal man. It's just a show. It's a show of wisdom. It's a show of humility. It's all false. False wisdom, false humility. It's will worship. It's self-righteousness. And all this self-abasement is, is absolute, absolutely worthless. But it appeals to carnal man's flesh. Oh, you tell a man not to do something and, and to do something else and he'll run to it. It appeals to self-righteousness. And we've seen in our study tonight comparing Scripture with Scripture that all things done by false teachers including the neglecting of the body have no value as remedies against, against sensual indulgences of the flesh and, and they gain absolutely no merit with God. It's a mere show as one's performing. They do not know Christ. But again, they're leading themselves and their followers to their eternal doom. And the false teachers appear to be pious and humble and they promote self-imposed laws, self-imposed discipline, self-imposed punishment of the body, but there's no value in the checking of the, of the flesh and no value, no value in the sanctifying of the heart. None at all. And they do not honor God, but they only indulge natural flesh as it's a false concept of righteousness. It's a false concept of righteousness. Now in many churches across America today, you will hear this. Do more, try harder. You will. In many churches out there. Do more, try harder. We're going to come along and help you. And this is being promoted by false preachers and false teachers all across this nation, all around the world. But when the gospel is being preached, you will hear of Christ. You will hear of Christ. You will hear of what Christ has done. You will hear of what Christ has done for His people. You will hear that he has redeemed the people with his own precious blood, that he has saved them from their sins, all of them, that there's nothing for them to do, but they look to Christ. They live a life of looking to the Savior. And you will hear that God is absolutely satisfied with the sacrifice of Do you see why Paul's been penning this? Do you see why Paul's in going right at the false teachers? You are complete in Christ, right? That's our cry. That's our cry. And when the gospel's preached, you will hear a work of salvation that is D-O-N-E. It is and that means it's done. Oh, my beloved. And it was all done by the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Alone. Salvation is of the Lord. So the, for the believer, we'll close with this. So with the believer, Christ is our life. We feed upon the riches of the gospel of God's free grace 
in Christ. He is our substance. He's the substance of our spiritual life. He is the substance of our life. We, if we don't have Him, we don't have life. If we don't have Christ, we don't have life. Oh my. Christ is the object of our worship. He's the object of our life. And as the soldier fights for his captain, and he's crowned in his captain's victory, so the believer contends for Christ and gets his triumph out of the triumphs of his Master. For him to live is Christ. For the believer to live is Christ. And let us remember this. Oh, if you're trusting Christ, let us remember this. How safe, how secure, how happy is the Christian since Christ is our life. My, what a redeemer, beloved. May God give us grace just to rest in Him. Just to rest in Him. Gracious Heavenly Father, what an honor and privilege it is being to study Your Word and to, to, to look into things of You, Lord Jesus, and what You've done for us. And to see the contrast of man-made religion that, that tells its followers what to do. But, oh, Lord Jesus, we rest and trust in what You have done. Oh, Lord, give us strength and grace to enter into Your rest, Lord. And just to each day come before Thee and rest at Your feet and look to Thee. And we love You because You first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.